so a very hypocritical situation and a um, very bad look in many ways. So, Michael, do you want to give your views on this? Uh, Jillian actually covered basically everything I did. I think we read the same exact article about Sorry. how the neighbors uh, basically ratted him out. Um, Ted Cruz is not a very well-liked person, even amongst mm -hmm. the Republican Party, I've uh, learned. But yeah, not a good look to leave your constituents freezing. Um, and I, I think Texas, they have an independent power grid that was never like... I don't understand why it's like the uh, they never anticipated that they could get cold weather. And I know that snow is is rare in a place like Texas, but it's just a shame. I read the same stories that Jillian did about little kids dying in their parents' arms and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's not a good look to be going off to vacation. But she basically nailed every point that I had. So I don't want to repeat basically what she said. Well, you bring up a really great point about the electrical grid and how, you know, all of their energy is, you know, independent, essentially, their power grid is independent. Um, so part of that means that, you know, these companies can raise the cost. And that has been a really big issue as some people are starting mm -hmm. to get power back. Um, some people have paid upwards, they're, they're receiving bills of $17,000. That's how bad these people are marking up their prices. Um, some report, this is uh, from the Washington Post, that they are receiving over $600 in daily charges for their electricity and such. Um, so that is an issue with unregulated, you know, companies and unregulated power sources. It's really, really hurting the people who need it most. Mm -hmm. Also, um, there's a con there's a a very inaccurate theory that the windmills are causing all the snow in Texas. Uh, that is not the case. <laughs> uh, windmills are not doing that. So just in case yeah. anyone needed clarification. <laughs> also, if nobody knew that tweet, that tweet that has been going around about Ted Cruz, that is false. That tweet is false. There is nothing Which tweet? about it was the tweet about him saying um, he'll believe he'll believe climate change when Texas freezes over, freezes over, that statement, that tweet is false. That is not true. It's been fact-checked already. And Thank you. That's a good clarification because I actually did, I do remember seeing that one. Mm -hmm. And as well, I want to bring this up because this just came out today. Apparently, let me put it up on Twitter. Where is it? Here. Do, do, do. Um, Dasani, the bottled water company, it, um, actually people are discussing that Dasani bottled water after Coca-Cola donated six trailer trucks full to residents impacted by the freezing winter conditions in Waco, 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 Texas. So just to put that out. So yeah, so people are going hectic on Twitter over that. And so as well as that, we've also have information about Andrew Cuomo. So basically, Andrew Cuomo has been getting a bunch of backlash over the last couple of weeks. So does anyone have any type of heavy type of big? I can talk about can, it unless. Can we rewind to um, Ted Cruz? I, I wanted to mm -hmm. uh, talk about that. Yeah. So here is my probably controversial 
thought about that is that Ted Cruz is the he is the senator for Texas, right? But and he was appointed that, and he is supposed to be updated and help to update, or he's supposed to be kept up to date with the conditions in his state. But as far as his job responsibilities are concerned, they are in Washington, and um, his job opportunities are to make bills, uh, and then like for the bills and the legislation that he creates as a member of the Senate, he there he is supposed to be making those bills for whatever is best with the people of Texas in mind and whatever is best for the people of Texas. So, was it? just really a bad decision and because it looked absolutely horrible yes right but did i was did he technically do anything wrong technically he didn't i mean he it's not like he like didn't show up to work and not it's not like he actually like didn't do his job description at that point i mean i would rather be in cancun too if i didn't have to work um but you know, I understand why people are so upset about it, but I also think people are, did choose, if it wasn't Ted Cruz, it wouldn't have been a, nearly as big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. It's like, sure, he did not neglect any of his, you know, on paper job responsibilities, but I think, you know, it's really infuriating because he's supposed to represent the people and he's supposed to be with the people. And I think, you know, this trip is a uh, very blatant example of, how he does not see himself as part of the people, or at least, you know, he has more freedom than a lot of people do and it really creates this disconnect. I mean, the resort that they were looking at in Cancun, um, mm -hmm. again, according to the New York Post, um, was like $309 a night, or this was actually the uh, New York Times, $309 per night. That's a lot of money. And that's not even considering the airplane tickets back and forth, you know? Um, so did he neglect his job responsibilities? No, but I think it was a real eye-opener eye to people to see that disconnect between uh, their representatives and themselves. I don't, I don't think his people, his people are still going to vote for him. So I think it's not even his people that picked him. But anyway, this is my idea. Mm -hmm. My thoughts on the situation. I don't think he's a horrible person for going to Cancun. Mm -hmm. So Michael, I just wanted to quickly add uh, what what Jillian said. Um, it, it 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 has been uh, I've, I, since COVID restrictions, especially. There's been um, a couple like uh, Congress people and governors that have told people to stay home and then skirted the rules. I saw Gavin Newsom in California, uh, my favorite state, um, but he was telling people to stay home during the worst of the pandemic, and then he got photographed later that night eating dinner at a restaurant. Meanwhile, restaurants in California are closed and people cannot feed their families and things like that. So I think um, that there has been, it's, it's like Neil said, technically, did he not do his job? No, but is it a bad look? Yes. And I feel like uh, both politicians, Democratic and Republican, have really um, seen themselves as not being... Um, they don't have to adhere to these restrictions. I like, I didn't even know you could fly to Mexico. I didn't even know any international travel was open right now until this. So, but that's all I have to say on that. I don't want to go too long. Mm -hmm. So actually, thank you, Neil, for correcting me. He, Ted Cruz is not the governor. He is part of the Senate. So thank you for that. 
So as well, we're going to be talking about Andrew Kumo. So I know we're all on the love for Sorry. Andrew Kumo. So, <laughs> so who wants to kind of I can. your viewpoint? Um, I can talk about what's going on a little bit. Um, so the secretary to the governor, uh, Melissa DeRosa, um, well, so a video was leaked of a Zoom conference call with her and a few of the other state Democrats um, in which she directly apologized to the state Democrats because uh, Cuomo and the administration misreported the deaths within nursing homes by up to like 50%. They misreported it uh, purposefully uh, to try to cover themselves up. Uh, this is according to the New York Post. Um, apparently, the figures were actually about 12,743 uh, 12, deaths as of January 19th. So that's a lot of people, and it's more than what was initially reported. And so their excuse is that we froze um, and that they were afraid of backlash. So that's why they misreported. Um, and so her apology, you know, was not to the people who died, was not to you know, the people who are hurt by this misrepresentation, but it was to the other Democrats. And she was apologizing for the effect that this has on their politics with the Republicans. Um, so people are not only outraged about the lying, but also the, you know, lack of empathy for the people that they lied about. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those, it's terrible. Um, I don't know. I almost feel like I've just gotten numb to hearing about more dead people. Oh yeah, I mean every day it's something new. <laughs> mm -hmm. So as well, I pulled this up here from CNN Politics. Cuomo's national star threatened by increased scrutiny of nursing home deaths. This was done by Gregory Craig, who's from CNN, and apparently. Uh, he, Cuomo has denied any suggestion of wrongdoing and forcefully defended his top aides. He has also scrambled to contain the fallout through back channels, leaning on some Democratic legislators in search of public support and according to a fear of them issuing threats when his requests were re -off. So I think that's really interesting um, to see that a top back in the last administration you had people who were praising him, saying he was doing the best and whatever. And now with this new administration, we have this new thing coming out about him. So Michael, I see you have, you wanna kind of talk about this? Uh, actually, it's about Cuomo, but it's 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 about a kind of a different issue. For people mm -hmm. that didn't know last month, um, Cuomo, it's from a New York Times article. Um, his, uh, no, give me one second. Um, Northwell Health, which is New York State's largest health system, it's run by Andrew Cuomo, one of his closest allies. They have been suing patients for medical debt during the pandemic. So this isn't his first bad look, in my opinion. Um, and they've been charging interest payments as well. Um, and they tried to defend themselves in the article, and I'm paraphrasing by saying that what they were doing wasn't bad because they were suing from debt for from 2019 and not 2020, which makes no sense because this has hit, you, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't, it's just a bad look. Uh, uh, the, this system brings in about $12.5 billion in annual revenue, so they don't need to be suing anybody. They have more than enough money. So, um, and they've received $1.2 billion in emergency funding through the stimulus package in the Federal CARES Act last year. 
So uh, this isn't his first time where he's appeared to be slimy or um, act unethically. So this doesn't surprise me at all, considering what I learned last month about this. And uh, I was surprised that this story last month didn't get more press because it kind of appalled me. So, but that, that's all I got to say. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That mm -hmm. is really interesting. Mm -hmm. So this isn't his first um, bad press type of thing from him. Wow, I didn't know that. Thank you for bringing that up. So as well, we will we'll, we'll be jumping into the Rush Limbaugh. Limbaugh, I said it correctly? Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> Limbaugh. I finally said it correctly. I finally said his last name correctly. You well, nailed it. I nailed it. So I know this past week he passed away, right? Yeah, February 17th. Yeah, so anyone want to give me... So I know I heard some, I think, was it here? Yeah, it was here in Florida that um, Ron DeSantis was ordering for flags to be flown at half step for him. Yep. Yes, yeah. um, yes, that is totally true. And he also received the uh, uh, Presidential Medal of Honor, I believe it's called, from President Trump. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know who Rush Limbaugh is, he is an on-air personality. He began a radio sh show uh, nationally in 1988. I believe this is according to people.com. Um, and he has said a lot of racist, uh, sexist, and otherwise controversial things. Um, and he has a very uh, tight following. And I think that's can, that can be seen by you know his receiving of the medal and, you know, Ron DeSantis calling him out as well. He has a following. Um, and if you guys like, I can read some of the things that he said that are controversial. Um, so one thing he would say back in 2007 when Barack Obama was a senator, um, he said Barack the Magic Negro um, and created like a racist parody song out of it. Um, Let's see, he's also said, uh, when a gay person turns his back on you, it is anything but an insult, it is an invitation. Um, he said feminism was established um, so as to allow unattractive women access to mainstream society. Um, he said the, eco the Earth's ecosystem is not fragile, which is not true. Uh, women should not be allowed on juries where the accused is a stud. Um, he said, I think it's time to get rid of this whole National Basketball Association. Call it TBA, the Thug Basketball Association, and stop calling them teams. Call them gangs. Um, what else? Let's see. He said in 2013, if any race of people should not have guilt about slavery, it's the Caucasians. Um, in 2011, I'm not even going to say this because it is just... I. It's basically just a long rant of him making stereotypical like Asian pronunciations. He's going like Ching Chang Cho, oh, Ching Chang Cho, happened. Ching Chang Cho for like. Was that know. the train crash? Is that what you're referring to? I, I'm sorry, your mic kind of. Are you referring to the plane crash when it was like a like the air um the Korean air? Um, I'm not sure exactly, but I, I do know that that was him mimicking the Chinese president, Hu uh, Jintao. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, but that was my best mm -hmm. attempt. Um, so that was just him mimicking the Chinese president. Um, 
he said that the NAW the NAACP should have a riot rehearsal. They should get a liquor store and practice robberies. Um, he said, we need segregated buses. This is Obama's America. He said, let the unskilled jobs that take absolutely no knowledge whatsoever to do, let stupid and unskilled Mexicans do that work. Um, and he's also said, you're a foreigner, shut your mouth or get out. Um, so that is uh, probably a very brief, brief list of some of the things that he said. Um, and it this is all, you know, being spewed in his writing and in his radio show. Um, so yes, this is what uh, Trump gave him the Presidential Medal of Honor for. This is who Ron DeSantis is praising. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Michael. Uh, yeah. Um, Jillian once again covered everything that I, I was basically going to go over, but uh, she, missed, she missed one key detail that is ironic and um, kind of funny uh, in a way. In 2015, Rush Limbaugh denied that tobacco had any risks. He was a smoker and he died of cancer. So um, I don't understand this whole like thing where uh, he, he was one of those guys that had to go on his radio show and just parrot alternative facts to anything that any um, progressive said. So if progressive said tobacco hurts you, oh no, tobacco doesn't hurt you. I just found it ironic and weird. And uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm a little older than uh, probably a lot of other college students. So I remember him being a provocateur when I was a kid and Neil I'm, I'm sure remembers it too and he's he's just <laughs> I mean you could probably find more terrible things that he said Jillian if you if you wanted to devote an hour oh 100 percent I figured but I didn't want to take up too much of our time <laughs> I, I was I was curious uh how news covered this I'm not you know I don't think you should necessarily throw dirt on a man's grave right when he dies but at the same time, it was interesting to see how certain outlets covered him. Um, but like I said, just sort of like Bill O'Reilly and stuff, I've, I've known him at, to be a race baiter, to be a, you know, provocateur. I think he came up with the term feminazi, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that was his doing. But um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think he was a pretty terrible man. Um, condolences to his family, but I, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I think another one that I, I meant to bring up as well was um, there was a college student from Georgetown Law. She was a law student. Um, and in 2012, she was advocating um, for lawmakers to you know make uh, birth control more accessible to college students. Um, and when Rachel Limbaugh was talking about it, he called her a slut and a prostitute because she was advocating for birth control access. Oh my goodness. So, Neil. Yeah, so, so Mr. Limbaugh, I remember, um, I would say probably about, why did I, why did I think it was 2018? Um, so over 10 years ago now, I think 2007, 2008, um, I think look at this here, somewhere around there. Um, he had a, he was addicted to painkillers. And so mm -hmm. I remember he, see, I remember the story that he went, uh, he drove to Mexico and got caught crossing the border. I can't find any articles about that right now. Um, I think 
I recall um, that. Yeah, but um, I did find um, articles about him being caught with Viagra and when he wasn't on it. And so he um, got in trouble with that. And then also he had, um, he had another thing where he was doctor shopping for painkillers in Palm Beach County. And then he paid $30,000 to go towards a court cost uh, or the, the investigation. And then my favorite part about this article was um, he said, drug use, some might, might say is destroying this country. And this was actually on October 5th, 1995. And we have laws against selling drugs, pushing drugs, using drugs, importing drugs. He also added, and so if people are violating the law by doing drugs, they ought to be accused and they ought to be convicted and they ought to be sent up. On the same show, he commented that the statistics that show blacks go to prison more often than whites for the same drug offenses only illustrated that too many whites are getting away with drug use. Mm -hmm. So I just want to point this out. This is from an article from the Times as well. It says Rush Limbaugh dies at 70 turn talk radio into a right-wing attack machine. And this is from, this is by Robert D. McFadden and Michael M. Grinebaugh, 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 I am probably mispronouncing this, I am so sorry. But in it, it also said, his, his conspiracy theories ranged from bald-faced lies about Barack Obama's birthplace. The president has yet to have proven that he's a citizen, he said falsely in a in 2009, to claims that Mr. Obama's 2009 health bill bill will empower empower death panels and enthusiasm elderly Americans. And in the wake of last year's election, he also amplified Mr. Trump's groundless claims of voter fraud on President Biden's inauguration day during one of his final broadcasts. He he in he insisted to listeners that the new administration had not legitimately won it. So not only did he do a bunch of other stuff besides that, not only he talk all of this on his show, he also told his listeners that this new administration didn't actually win this. So I see Jillian wants to kind of have a view around this. Well, if someone wants to jump in about um, his statements on voter fraud and stuff, Please go before me. Uh, I can. Okay, because I wanted to talk about uh, what Neil said. So you go ahead. Because my, my statement on the voter fraud thing is simple, uh, baseless, just like all the other voter fraud stuff. Go out and look it up. Baseless. That's it. Very true. Um, I was going to add, because I think Neil brought up a really great point, um, you know, about addiction and how we look at addiction. Um, especially depending on, you know, what substances people get addicted to and who's getting addicted. Um, you know, I feel like we treat people differently um, depending on what they're addicted to. I think, you know, if someone gets addicted to, you know, heroin, you know, automatically people are looked down on and there's a stigma, you know, whereas, and, and it's usually people who get addicted to that who are, you know, minorities or they don't have the same privileges in life that other people are given. Um, Whereas, you know, people who get addicted to painkillers are more often uh, white, um, higher class people. And 
um, you know, people aren't quite as looked down on for that. And I think that's a really important conversation because addiction is addiction, no matter who you are. Um, and everyone deserves help for their addiction. So to discredit certain people and to look down on certain people, but not others, and it's really sick. I think everyone deserves to have their addiction taken seriously. And prejudiced. Yes, very prejudiced, um, often racist and classist as well. Mm -hmm. So, Neil. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I see you have your hand raised up. Oh, that, that's been raised since the last time, I suppose. But, and Jillian, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, I'm having some trouble uh, transitioning to this new hand system. I did, I did that good, in good. class too. I don't raise my hand, I, I just talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just saw I think you did pretty good with it, Neil. Um, yeah. But, but to, to add to what Jillian said, um, and to get a little kind of a social work student about it, um, there are some, if you were are to look at populations, there are some, now anyone can get, get addicted to anything, it's absolutely true, and we should never stereotype, we should never do anything. Um, I will, uh, I've shared, well I've shared with Jillian, but I'm happy to share with anybody um, that I am actually, um, I was uh, addicted to drugs and alcohol for almost 20 years. And I've been um, in June, I'll be three years sober. And I bet if you guys, when you guys look at me, you probably think, I'm sure he's never tried heroin. I and I did try it about 15 years ago. Um, I've never injected it. Again. And I only tried it like twice and I don't like it. But so, I mean, and right now I'm wearing a blue polo and khaki pants with my, you know, not really what you would picture. Um, but, um, but so you can never follow stereotypes. Uh, but if you are, do look at drug use, there are certain drug use that does stick within certain communities. Uh, the first one that always comes to my mind, crystal meth. Um, here, gay community. It's a huge problem in the gay community. Um, and also is cocaine. And um, that's the main one that's coming to mind right now because I went off topic so much because I couldn't think of what else to talk about. And luckily, I get to edit this. So you guys are going to listen to this and be like, hmm, what conversation was that? I'm just chopping out the entire part right there. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah sounds so good. I, uh, I think this one went really well with being on a tighter schedule and stuff like that. And um, I'm looking forward to the next one. Oh, sure. I didn't know we were finishing. I was going to say, um, you know, congratulations, Neil, on having your three years. That's, you know, such a really mm -hmm. difficult thing to do. And I really empathize with that. Like, so really, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. I, I do, too. I, yeah. I empathize as well. I had family members that battled addiction. Me, so me as um, well. Prison mm -hmm. is not the answer. That's for, what I should play instead no. of drugs. No. <laughs> So thank you guys so much for joining our episode three of the You Press Play podcast. Make sure you tune in to next week's podcast for more information and more discussions from me, Michael, Julian, and Neil. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
we had a slow news week at FAU, but I still think that the stuff that got discussed was pretty cool. It's yeah, I think we talked about important things. I think student government is important, so I'm glad yeah. we covered that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. 